Hey everybody, welcome to Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell, and I cannot be more excited to continue sharing with you guys personal finance topics that I think could be useful to you in your long-term financial journey. Today, we are going to be talking about another way in which you can protect your finances. Now, in yesterday's episode, uh, we talked about insurance coverages and how having certain insurance coverages can help you to protect your finances over the long term. Well, along with insurance coverages, there are a couple other things uh, that can protect your finances, and we're going to talk about those throughout the course of this week. But the focus of today's episode is going to be estate planning and specifically the estate planning documents that you need uh, in order to protect your finances over the long term and how they can help you uh, to maintain the uh, financial freedom and the financial success that you can build uh, in your long-term financial journey. Before we get started though, if you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments down below and I'll be sure to respond to anything that you leave there. If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, then be sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan and that's good supplemental materials to all the things I'm putting out in these long form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. All right, so I bring up this topic of estate planning today, and you may be thinking uh, a myriad of things. You may be thinking, uh, well, I'm you know too young to need estate planning documents, or I'm too young to be worrying about what happens when I die, or I've got plenty of time, I can do this later, or you know this is really costly, I don't need to do this now, maybe I should wait uh, until I have more money, have greater assets, whatever it may be. And all of those statements tend to be uh, the most common excuses as to why people don't get their estate planning done. Uh, but estate planning is so vital uh, to protecting your finances over the long term. And estate planning is just this idea of passing the baton, passing that baton onto your heirs uh, and giving them the best start in their uh, you know, managing of whatever you are leaving them as possible. And in doing so, uh, we want to make sure that things are well ironed out and that they don't have too many headaches uh, if something is to happen to you. So we need estate planning documents in place. So first of all, what is estate planning? Estate planning is the process of deciding what will happen to everything you own after you have passed away. Very, very simple, right? You are planning for what will happen to your estate when something happens to you inevitably. Now, it involves creating these legal documents that make sure that your wishes are carried out. Because it's not just enough to tell somebody and it's not just enough to say, you know, hey kids, this is what's gonna go on. Or hey, you know, spouse, this is what's gonna go on if something is to happen to me. Yeah, that can help. And yes, you do need to have conversations with them about those types of things. But the problem with just having those conversations is that nothing is binding and uh, you can't control the potential misbehavior of somebody. Because trust me, there is crazy in every family. There is crazy uh, where people are going to try uh, to get their hands on things that may not be rightfully theirs. And so we need to make sure uh, through our estate planning that money and assets and things of the like are getting into the correct hands and they're doing so as frictionless as possible, as seamless as possible. And so the word estate, right, not just estate planning, but estate, that refers to your assets, right? All of the things that you own that have some type of monetary value. So that can be your houses, your cars, uh, any type of jewelry, investments, uh, you know, coin collections, you know, all these different types of things, all these things that you can own uh, that do have some type of long-term value attached to them. And your estate plan clearly delegates authority to people you trust to make decisions based on these assets. 
and they can make decisions that are either medical in nature. So if something were to happen to you where you're in a coma, right, and uh, you know they have to make medical decisions for you, then your estate planning documents can help you there. Uh, financial decisions as well, because uh, if something happens to you and you're incapacitated or you, let's say, have Alzheimer's or uh, dementia and you can't remember to do the things that you need to do, uh, for somebody to have that type of financial uh, control to be able to uh, pay your bills and do the things that need to be done for you financially uh, is extremely important as well. And then obviously legal decisions as well. They can help to make legal decisions on your behalf if you are not able to make those decisions. So uh, all of these types of things, right? All of these types of decisions can be made based on the estate planning documents that you have in place. So you can see why they are so vital, so important uh, for your long-term financial future. Because if you don't have somebody making those decisions, uh, then you can fall into a pit uh, financially and just, you know, it, it just makes things crazy. It makes things into uh, situations that you don't want to have to deal with. And that is not what we want. We want things, again, to be as seamless as possible uh, if the worst were to happen to you. Now, I am going to burst that first myth of estate planning just being for older people just right off the bat. Uh, it's not just for old people, and it's also not just for wealthy people. Uh, everybody, every adult needs an estate plan of some type because it allows you to remain in control of the things that you own, and that is so, so important. Because if you don't control the things that you own and you are to die, the state will decide what happens to your estate, uh, and your family could spend months or years in what they call probate court trying to get what is rightfully theirs. And this is more than just something that you do uh, to, you know, just check a box, right? This is a legacy decision. Estate planning is a legacy decision because in trying to leave the best legacy possible, you need to put the things in place so that you are able to do that and you are able to do that effectively. And these estate planning documents are going to help you get there. So I'm going to talk about six steps that we can take right, that are essential in our estate planning uh, journey and how we can set up our family and our loved ones as best as possible uh, if something were to happen to us. So the first thing that you need to do uh, is you need to uh, just write down everything you own, right? Write down all of the things that you own. Write them down, uh, down to the penny, right? Write down exactly what you own, uh, the current market value of what you own, and just keep everything together. Know what you have. Because in knowing what you have, uh, then you can start making better decisions as to what should happen to what you have. Because you don't want to leave those questions, right? You don't want to leave behind uh, a legacy of, of people not knowing, first of all, not knowing what you have. And then uh, if you forgot about something, if you forgot to write something down uh, that somebody may want to get their hands on, then not knowing who uh, that particular thing is to go to or that particular asset or group of assets is to go to. Uh, and so that is extremely vital that you write down every single thing or else it can cause some strife uh, and some issues uh, in your household. And again, these assets, you know, your home, any real estate you own, vehicles, uh, any investments, any uh, you know, retirement accounts, investment accounts, all those types of things, uh, your business, any type of valuable possessions, collections, anything like that, uh, you need to write it all down, have it all on a list. And then once you've done that, you can start taking steps uh, towards getting your documents in place that will help those things to be protected uh, and put into the right hands if something were to happen to you. 
Now, once you have listed all of the things that you own, right, you've written all of these things down, then what you have to do is you have to gather everything up, right? You have to gather up all the documents uh, that show that you own those things uh, that you have, and you need to uh, get all of these things in one place. And here, what I'm talking about, uh, you need to get all of the following types of things in place. Life insurance policies, long-term care insurance policies, uh, anything that is you know, a deed to a house or land or real estate property that you own, uh, titles to the vehicles that you own, your marriage license, if you have been divorced, uh, divorce papers are important as well to uh, determine where your assets go because you know the individuals that you have you know divorced from in the past may like to rear their ugly head and say that uh, they are entitled to something if something were to happen to you and we don't want that obviously. So have the divorce papers, uh, any type of you know business agreements that you have, partnerships, anything like that uh, that you have made with other people, have those things as well and also any types of assets that are owned by a business that you own uh, you need to have all of that information as well and uh, then you can start the process of building your documents and the reason uh, that all of these things are so important is because we need to know exactly what you have exactly where it is exactly what the account numbers are exactly uh, you know how long you've owned it what it's worth all these different types of things uh, in order to have your estate plan as specific as possible uh, and to allow you to make the most comprehensive estate plan as you can. Uh, and so we need to have all of those things in place. And then also we have to know that uh, we live in a paperless society for the most part, right? Most things that we have or that we look at are online. They are not uh, just, you know, the, these statements that we have or these policies that we have. And so if these things are online, then we also need to have the username and password to every single thing uh, that we would log into to attain uh, these different things, these different you know pieces of paperwork that we need. So uh, have that prepared as well, uh, because especially as uh, you know individuals that are younger are aging, right? Us 20, then 30, 40, 50 year olds, right? We've lived a lot of our lives uh, with the internet and with uh, the ability to do things in a more paperless manner. And so we have to be prepared uh, if that is the case, uh, that all of our paperwork is online, that we can still uh, have people to uh, get their hands on whatever that may be or get our hands on it ourselves as we go about building out our estate planning documents. Then once you've done this, what you need to do uh, is you need to sit down and have a talk. And not just you and your spouse, not just you and your kids, but everybody. Everybody who is involved uh, in your life, specifically those individuals who are going to have some part uh, in your estate plan, uh, they need to be sat down and we need to have a talk. We need to talk about uh, the things that you have so everybody knows the things that you have. We need to talk about uh, exactly what your plans are for the things that you have, who you plan those things to go to, what you plan those things to be for uh, in their future, right? And have these clear, honest conversations and put everything out on the table. And in doing so, uh, you can have a clear picture of whether or not the plan that you are laying out is what you wanna lay out, or whether or not there's somebody that's in your plan that needs to be left out, or somebody out of your plan that needs to be brought in. Uh, and these are very important things to do, and you have to have these types of conversation. Because there are a lot of positions uh, within your estate planning uh, 
uh, that need to be filled, obviously. There needs to be somebody to execute your will uh, or serve as your power of attorney. And we'll get to those things here shortly when we talk about those specific documents, right? And they need to know ahead of time. They need to know far before anything happens to you that they are in that position and they need to agree to be in that position. Obviously, uh, then you may need uh, trustees, right? Trustees, somebody uh, to execute the trust, right? And uh, to be able to put your wishes into work if something is to happen to you and somebody that can make decisions on your behalf based on the decisions that you have already made uh, for your family, friends, and those involved in your estate plan. Now, if you don't necessarily know who needs to be involved in this conversation, in this estate planning conversation, if you are married, you need to talk to your spouse about your estate, obviously, right? Those are decisions that you all should be making together as well. Uh, so you need to be working towards that same goal of long-term legacy uh, and financial freedom and financial success and making things as easy as possible for those you are leaving things behind too. Uh, so obviously you need to have those conversations. If you're single, right, you want to sit down with your family and close friends to discuss your estate plan. And also if you're married, you need to have your family and close friends, uh, those who are going to be involved, you need to have talks with them as well. And then if you have children, what you need to do is you need to spend some time thinking through who should be their guardian, right? That should be somebody involved in your estate planning conversation. Uh, and if they are of appropriate age, your children, uh, then involve them in the conversation as well so they're not caught off guard and they know what is occurring. Because I've seen far too often that people, especially children, get really greedy about what their parents have. Uh, and even when it's not much, they get very greedy about what their parents have. So have it uh, set in stone what the, what the case is, what is going to actually occur uh, in the future when something is to happen to you and then your kids can just act that out uh, in the way that it is supposed to be done based on uh, the executor and the trustees that you set forth, which obviously can be your children as well. Now, once you do this, once you've kind of got it all set up as, like, okay, this is what I want done, uh, then you need to find a good estate planning attorney. Uh, you need somebody who can help you and work in your corner uh, to put together the best plan possible. And you want somebody who's done this for a long time and knows all the ins and outs and can set things up in a very good way for you. Uh, and that can also help you to do things in a relatively cost-effective way. Because let, let me not pull any punches here. Estate planning documents are expensive. Uh, and if you do not uh, pick a good attorney that is, you know, cost-effective, and I mean, the, the prices can run up ridiculously for just the same thing that you could find elsewhere. And so uh, have this in mind and choose a good estate planning attorney. Obviously, the larger your estate, the more complicated your plan will be, uh, and obviously the more costly it will be. It will be an ongoing project. It will be a living, uh, breathing project that you will constantly have to work on. And estate planning attorneys, what they can help you do, they can help you to uh, minimize your amount of estate tax that you may have to pay, because even though you may know what you want done, uh, they can help you to determine exactly what should be done. Because like I said earlier, uh, we want legal binding documents that tell you how things should go, uh, that go in the best interest of what you are interested in when you are to pass away. Uh, and so estate tax may be a big one, uh, but they can also help you to understand the specific state laws uh, and understand how to keep things out of probate court, how to make, th make things as frictionless as possible for your family, for your friends, uh, for the individuals that you have left in charge of your estate over time. And so you uh, can get that kind of help from an estate planning attorney. It may be costly, it likely will be costly, but it will be so worth it over the long term. 
And then once you have found an estate planning attorney that you can trust and that you would like to use for your uh, estate planning documents, then you can get to planning. You can get uh, to putting together your estate planning documents. And uh, your estate plan is going to be made up of several different documents. And obviously, the more complicated things are in your financial life, the more complicated your estate plan is going to look. Now, everybody needs a will, right? Especially if you have a spouse or children or things like that, you need to have a will, right? The last will and testament. You need one. That way you can say what should happen to your children uh, and any assets that you may have if you were to pass away and let your spouse know what uh, your last wishes are. So that is obviously extremely important, but, but that should be a part of every single one of our estate plans, right? We should all have a will. And so will is a legal document that tells other people what you want done with your possessions when you die. Every adult needs to have one of these, like I just said, right? Even if you don't have much to pass along, you'll still save your family tons of time in probate court, right? Like I said, this can be a time-sucking process. This can be a costly process. And so we want to uh, eliminate that if at all possible. And then also making a will is fairly simple, right? And it leaves you with peace of mind as to, uh, you know, what will occur when you are to be gone. And, you know, there's something that you do need to know about, though. Your will does not determine the outcome of certain assets, which includes things like your retirement accounts, uh, annuities, life insurance, things like that. Each of those uh, has to have a named beneficiary. And that beneficiary is not going to be trumped by the will, right? The beneficiary that is named is the beneficiary uh, that needs to be in place. So if you uh, have to you know, go back and look at who your beneficiaries are and make sure that that's who you want to receive that money, uh, then you need to go back and check on that uh, before finalizing anything uh, or before even moving forward with your estate planning documents, because that is so, so important. And like I said, trumps anything uh, within your will. Now, apart from a will, there's also the idea of a living trust, uh, which is similar. It's very similar to the idea of a will, but you transfer your money, property, investment earnings, and other items of value into the trust while you are still alive, hence the living trust, right? At that point, you don't own whatever you've put in the trust. The trust owns it, right? You appoint a trustee, someone who manages the trust and has to give approval before any type of big changes are made within the trust. And this can be expensive. When I talk about expensive estate planning documents, this can be one of those uh, that costs you a pretty penny, but it can be well worth uh, any cost. Because if you have a large estate, this adds a layer of legal protection to your estate when you die. Your trust does not have to go through probate court at all. And also your trust is private, right? While a will is public, right? No one except your beneficiaries will know what you have given to others. And that's extremely, extremely useful and helpful. And it can allow you to make all of your decisions from beyond the grave uh, in the best way possible for you. And the thing about trust, you can be extremely specific. With trust, you can make the most specific designations that you want to and contingencies upon people receiving uh, certain types of inheritances and things like that. Um, you can do all of those things within a trust and make it as personable as you want to make it. Uh, and this is, you know, like I said, a costly process It is a costly thing to put together. And it's a bit more of a headache than a will is, but uh, it can reduce the headache of those uh, that you leave your assets to and your trustees and the executor of your will and things of the like. And so a living trust could definitely be a part of your estate plan, especially if you uh, are somebody who has a larger estate. Then there also need to be power of attorney documents. Okay. 
And uh, power of attorney documents, they differ a bit from uh, the will and the living trust. The power of attorney documents give someone the legal authority to make financial or healthcare decisions on your behalf. This is important as you age because no one can access your financial accounts without prior permission. And that permission is this power of attorney uh, that you can sign over to someone. There are two main types that you need to know. There's medical and financial power of attorney, and you can appoint the same person to serve uh, as each. So it needs to be somebody that you trust. This needs to be somebody uh, that you can put in place and know that they are going to make the decisions that you uh, would want them to make and that you would want made uh, for your money and for your uh, medical decisions. Because again, if you're incapacitated and you can't make those types of decisions for yourself, somebody has to be there or else things can just crumble uh, without anybody managing and being on top of what is going on. Now that financial power of attorney can help you manage money, access your accounts, uh, or act with legal authority to manage your financial affairs on your behalf. So pretty straightforward, right? They can do things with your money uh, if there is some reason uh, that you can't do it yourself. Now, financial power of attorneys can also do things with your money even if you can uh, do things with money by yourself, right? You could just be older, right? You could be somebody who's older and has signed a financial power of attorney and you have, you know, one of your kids or your you know, grandkids or somebody you trust uh, deposit checks for you or uh, sign things for you or whatever it may be, something that you need uh, in place in order to make sure that you can do the things financially that you need done. And then a medical power of attorney makes decisions about your medical care when you're unable to make them yourself. Uh, for example, if you know you have an elderly parent, like I said earlier, that has Alzheimer's, dementia, anything like that, uh, this can be helpful for making decisions about their care since they're not able to process information that is brought to them properly. And so uh, this can be a really, really useful thing uh, you know, if your parents are aging and they definitely need one, then you should get this type of thing in place. This is really, really important as people age uh, and as their ability to do things um, autonomously dwindles. And so I need to uh, really stress to you guys that it is important, right? I would say the will is number one, and then you need to have these power of attorney documents. The living trust uh, may fall a little further down the list than where I put it uh, because the living trust, it is also going to depend on the amount of assets you have, whether or not it is really going to be useful for you. But the power of attorney documents, regardless of the amount of your you know, financial nest egg, uh, your power of attorney documents are going to play a huge role uh, in making decisions for you over time. And then two more types of estate planning documents or estate planning uh, things that need to be in place. Uh, also the living will, right? And so the medical power of attorney is very similar uh, to the living will. Uh, this is also called a healthcare directive, and it explains your wishes for end of life care. So basically a pull the plug, don't pull the plug type of thing uh, at its baseline. Uh, but then, you know, it can make some other day-to-day uh, -day healthcare decisions uh, about your end of life care uh, within that particular directive as well. So that's an important thing to have in place, uh, especially if somebody is aging. If they don't have this, they need to have this in place. And then uh, the last thing, umbrella insurance, right? An estate plan outlines what happens to your stuff if you die, but it does not protect those assets in case of legal proceeding, right? And so yesterday I talked about uh, one type of insurance coverage that you should have, uh, and now I said it was optional and it's based on the amount of assets you have and all these types of things, and I stick by that. Uh, but if those things applied to you yesterday and you needed to have umbrella insurance, this is a reason why, uh, because you know this is a legal process, estate planning and uh, you know that's why there are state planning attorneys because this is a legal process this is something that has to go through courts 
and so uh, protecting your assets through any type of legal proceedings and adding that extra layer of liability coverage through an umbrella policy can be extremely useful to you and it can allow your assets not to be dwindled by uh, just these costs of uh, these legal proceedings that in many cases are not going to be extremely useful to anyone uh, they're just going to talk about what you said needed to happen within your estate planning documents. So having that in place can be extremely helpful as well. And then the last thing I need to tell you about estate planning and protecting your finances via uh, estate planning documents is this process doesn't end. Once you put a will in place, once you put power of attorney in place, once you put uh, a living trust, a living will, uh, umbrella insurance in place, at that point, that is just the beginning of this process, right? You don't just do it once and leave it alone, right? These things need to be revisited constantly. They need to be revisited, I would say at least annually, because you need to make sure that whatever you said a year ago, your decision hasn't changed, or whatever you had determined to be the best course of action, you know, five years ago is still the best course of action today. These documents need to be revisited and they need to be talked about over and over again uh, with you and the people involved in your estate plan. Uh, just to make sure that things go as smoothly as possible and if any changes are made that they are aware of the changes because like I said that original conversation that we had uh, with anybody who may have been involved it's an important conversation to have obviously but you need to have subsequent conversations you need to make sure that the people who have agreed to be your executor your trustees things like that are still willing to do so hopefully those relationships are still intact because that can happen a lot of times is that somebody is a trustee or an executor but their relationship with that individual dwindled or you know something happened for some reason that has had some negative effect on that relationship and uh, that can be a big issue so if changes aren't made uh, then you're kind of stuck in the position that you're in and so you need to make sure that whatever occurs that you can uh, continue to keep these documents alive keep them uh, you know as up-to-date as possible because things change too you know uh, you could get a divorce and that would change your estate plan in a very significant way uh, your children could make very bad life decisions and you don't want them to inherit things uh, that they were supposed to inherit previously and that can be a big big deal maybe you do something as simple as you move to another state and different states have different rules uh, for estate planning and so you need to make sure uh, that those things can transfer and still be uh, legitimate in whatever situation if you sell a business right selling a business is a big deal and it can change your estate plan significantly as well so just keep all these things in mind uh, i know it can be a long process a costly process a process that requires you to do a lot of thinking and contemplating about life and death uh, but it is extremely important to protecting your finances over the long term and if you do not do it then you are uh, assured to create some type of confusion uh, and some type of uh, frustration with the people that you end up leaving your estate behind to so try to alleviate that as much as possible think about those who uh, are coming up behind you and think about the legacy that you are going to leave don't just think about yourself and what you are going to have to deal with think about uh, those your children your friends your family and those that are going to have to help you uh, when you are dead or dying as well so uh, I know this is uh, something that a lot of people don't like to talk about. I know it is a difficult conversation to have, but it is so vital to your long-term financial success and your ability to leave a legacy to those behind you. Thanks for watching this video. If you could go down below, hit the big red subscribe button, like this video, leave me any feedback in the comments below if you haven't done so already, and I'll be sure to get back to anything you leave down there. 
If you're listening on Apple or Spotify podcast, then make sure to subscribe and leave me a review on either one of those platforms. Follow me on social media at MNO with Dylan, and that's really good supplemental materials to all the things that I'm putting out in these long-form episodes on YouTube and the podcast every single day. So thanks for tuning into this episode of Money's No Object. I'm your host, Dylan Howell. God bless.